5AA Nights with Matthew Pantelis. Now, let's look at a report issued today, an independent assessment of public transport options for Mount Barker primarily, and uh, most appear to be road with rail ruled out. And as I've said repeatedly tonight a couple of times, that if you look at old train timetables when trains ran through, you'd understand why. Stephen has emailed through on that and he says, Matthew, probably have to agree, uh, always going to be difficult to build more passenger train lines through the Adelaide Hills without viaducts and more tunnels. Like us, Hobart will always have this problem, but no real excuse not to reinstate the Bluebird rail car to Mount Gambia. Why should people need to drive many k's and hours out of Adelaide to get to country regions? A regular train service could operate between Adelaide and Port Lincoln with stops at Piri, Port Augusta and Wyala. Surely it could be promoted enough to make it viable and cut back a lot of holiday traffic and accidents at the same time. Of course, there'd be big money needed, but there's plenty of billions of GST available to the state every year, which was not available before 2000. Anyway, hope the topic drums up more interest tonight. Remember, never say never, Matthew, says Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Um, I caught the train to Mount Gambia years ago, a few times, back in the 80s, and it's an eight-hour trip. So why... Why would you when you can drive in five, essentially? Now, I like the idea of tourism, but I don't know how practical it is. And you see, if you can't get people bums on seats, then it ain't ever going to happen. So simple as that. Uh, Jeremy Conway is Infrastructure SA CEO, more specifically with the report released today. Jeremy, good evening. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Good evening. So tell me about the study and uh, and the outcomes here and, and what lies ahead. Yeah, sure. So we were asked by uh, the government to do an independent assessment on the viability of passenger rail to Mount Barker and, and public transport more broadly. Uh, they're obviously aware of a lot of the public interest and the fast growth in the population around that area. So last few months we've uh, consulted a lot of people, we've ga- engaged some independent engineers and to do thorough investigations of the issue and fully recognise uh, the growing transport need there and the growing population recognise the reliability issues that the freeway currently presents. Over the last 12 months, there are about 200 partial closures of the freeway, which is always uh, going to be a concern for the people and understanding um, the desire for greater reliability and options. But when we looked at the existing rail corridor, uh, really struggled to see how that could provide a viable service for the residents of the hill. It's a very long, steep, windy uh, road, um, and one of the things we found interesting is when, despite the challenges with the freeway, the bus service is actually the most uh, reliable in terms of on-time running out of all the metro contract buses, mm. whereas the Belair line is actually the least reliable train service uh, and less reliable than what the bus is. And so for the desire for reliability and a perception that the train will be quicker. I, I think our findings have shown that the train is likely to be slower than what a bus is and um, quite probably less reliable than what the bus is. And so uh, a lot of our focus is on some of the short-term needs in terms yeah. of trying to improve that reliability on the freeway and access to public transport, whilst we actually try and understand for what the longer-term solution is about a more efficient corridor, because I think the existing rail corridor isn't it? No, exactly. It's not it. And, you know, you, you if you've ever caught the train up there and um, even the days when it ran to Bridgewater, you know, just a long, windy 
um, slow trip through the hills. And it, it seems to me, and I know Dan Cregan talks about uh, if you had trains um, with, I don't know how it works, I don't get the engineering of it, but trains more made for hills running, apparently it can be quicker. But it seems to me if the curves are there, that wouldn't matter how fast your train is, it, they can't go over a certain speed. And that's the issue today. Yeah, exactly, and and um, it's as much about the issue about the descent as well yeah. in terms of the steep grade of how fast you can go. It's less about the power mm. trying to get up the hills, but how fast you can get down the hill and, as you say, manage the curves in a safe way. Yeah, exactly. So you would have looked then at you know building a tunnel through to, to put in a shortcut from Mount Barker to the city. Uh, yeah, so we looked at a whole range of issues. In total, there are 46 different uh, wow. options that we looked at, uh, which included a, a range of ways how you could try and re-establish a rail service, build a new heavy rail with uh, a length of tunnel, uh, even looked at the potential for a light rail, uh, different corridor as well, and then a range of different uh, bus solutions. So it was a fairly comprehensive look at it. Um, uh, The reality, I think, is at the moment there's a recognition that the population in the hills is actually quite dispersed, and so if you're trying to serve people in uh, Little Hampton or Lobethal, having a train service going to Mount Barker isn't necessarily going to serve them. And so the the more efficient way to serve that population is probably a bus. Uh, and uh, there is more than enough capacity within the bus network to be able to meet the needs. And what was also an interesting finding through the report is the fairly dispersed destinations that people are going to the hills. A lot of the focus on trying to get a train into the CBD, but um, a relatively small proportion of the population work in the CBD. Quite a large number come down the hill, but they work around Adelaide. So trying to um, disperse people throughout the metropolitan Adelaide is also a challenge for the network. So uh, I think the short-term issues are around trying to make public transport more accessible, more investment in park and rides, fix some of the local roads like Kyson Boulevard, uh, but then really focus on that reliability of the of the freeway. Um, uh, talk about uh, measures like a uh, fleet of tow trucks at standby um, so they can respond quickly to incidents and ultimately try and introduce a contraflow. So if there is an incident on the freeway, you can guide traffic uh, across onto the uh, other side of the road to cars can still keep moving. Yeah, that that would probably be key. The other um, thing I see with interest is the possibility of um, a bus corridor, a dedicated corridor. Now, mm. Uh, would that be separate to the freeway? Are we talking an O-Bahn type thing as, as what runs to Modbury? Is that the sort of thing we're suggesting there? Yeah, so ultimately uh, something like that. Um, and so uh, that would require a fair amount of work because uh, you'd need to do some uh, widening of the freeway. Mm. And as you get down the bottom of the hill, you've got some fairly steep rock faces, and so it takes some work to do that. Uh, but ultimately uh, that that would be... Um, the sort of long-term solutions that I think you've got to work, work towards. If you look at the success of the O-Barn, uh, it carries over 30,000 people a day. Um, it is the most heavily used um, main service in Adelaide, much more so than the train, uh, and has, in terms of um, providing a service that's faster than cars, is better than any of the trains in the metro network. So if one thing that was very clear is efficient public transport is really about the corridor more so than the mode. I think there's been a lot of fixation around train versus buses. Mm. I think the reality is the focus should be trying to find the right corridor so it can provide the right service. 
to get people out of their cars and onto public transport. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that makes perfect sense. So, what happens now? One, you see, your reports in, and uh, is it up to the Department of Transport now to work out how to implement this? Uh, yeah. So we've handed our report uh, to the Premier and Cabinet. Um, I uh, understand it's being uh, considered by Cabinet at the moment and I would expect Government to uh, come back with a response uh, in the not-too-distant future, uh, and ideally with some of that short-term investment in terms of things like park-and-rides potentially and the like, uh, and then uh, being clear that they set that long-term vision going forward as to how can we deal with the transport issues over the next 30 years where the growth will continue. Uh, in the Mount Barker region. Mm, all right. Uh, Jeremy, I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. And, uh, and yeah, uh, interesting reading for anyone who wants to read the, um, just the, I'm sure no one's going <laughs> to read the report in total, apart from Cabinet, of course, and the relevant people in uh, transport. But interesting reading the headline stories, uh, the headline um, release that came out about uh, what uh, what you found anyway. So uh, it's it's food for thought. And uh, as you say, Cabinet to consider and we'll find out what they do in due course. Thanks very much. Thank you for your time. Jeremy Conway there, Infrastructure SA CEO. 5AA Nights with Matthew Pantelis.